hot mess mamas. I know what it feels like to chase your kids all day, drown in laundry, and put yourself last. I know what it feels like to look at the Pinterest moms and the perfect feeds and feel inadequate. But I want you to know that you don't have to feel that way because motherhood isn't perfect. It's beautifully imperfect. I'm here to help you let go of the stress of making motherhood something it's not meant to be for you and creating a super vibrant side to motherhood that fuels your heart and empowers your kids but makes it more productive and effective for you. Hi, I'm Michelle Bird, and I'm here to walk you through simple, practical hacks that are going to make your life much easier and create more time and space for what actually matters. Fun! Fun forever memories with your kids. So hand out those afternoon snacks and toss in a load of laundry. Who are we kidding? Let's dig in. Hey friends, I'm so excited to talk with you today. I've been away at a Christian camp last week. We were up at Mount Hermon, which is up in the Santa Cruz Mountains, and it was so much fun. We had a great time connecting as a family and making some new fun memories, but I just missed connecting here with you as well. So now I'm back on my mic in my master bedroom, looking out the window at what looks like a really windy day. And so it is gorgeous. I hope you are having a great day too. If you are new or you haven't had a chance to connect, come on over to our Facebook group, The Busy Vibrant Mom. It's a great community of moms that have a lot of wisdom to share. So just come on over and come hang out with us. It'll be great. Today, I can't believe that this is the 50th episode. To celebrate today, I thought it would be great to talk about a light topic like porn. (laughs) Really? Is that so light? But no, seriously, God put it on my heart as a great conversation that you need to have now while your kids are little and maybe over this summer where you have some extra time to sit down with them and just talk. We have often done it again over the fall, just right before they start school or the week when they get back into school. But it's really important to sit down and have these conversations with your kids. I know it can feel weird. It's often difficult to talk to your kids about porn. It seems embarrassing, awkward, dirty, and just all around offensive. How do you start? (laughs) What do you say to your kids? How do you make this less awkward? What do you explain? There are so many questions swimming in our heads when we sit down to think about this topic and what we need to talk about with our kids. (sighs) So just take a deep breath. It'll be okay. Let's step through this minefield together. Oh my goodness, porn is everywhere. I feel that as parents, we are constantly fighting an uphill battle of just an avalanche of filth that we are daily bombarded with. It feels like we're constantly trying to keep our kids just safe as far as what they're seeing and what they're exposed to. And even if you keep your kids off screens and lock down access for certain websites and all the things, keeping your devices safe from your kids, 
they will still be exposed to porn at some point. So how do we deal with this ever-changing monster of filth? Oh my goodness, it's awful. We really can't stop it, but the good news is that we can protect against it. Here's what we as a family have done, and we've found that it works pretty well and that it is not a foolproof system, but hopefully this can help you as a family kind of firm up your game plan and what you need to do to protect your kiddos. There's five different steps that we'll talk about and walk through right now. They're practical steps as far as what to do to help your kids and to have that conversation that seems awkward and weird. But it's really important and so vital. So let's get started stepping through this crazy landmine. Oh, this field of landmines. First of all, we'll talk about electronics. We've established several boundaries in our home about computer usage. We found that you can load up your kid's computer with really every piece of software, website, kind of restricting stuff that you can find, but there's going to still be ways around the restrictions. There's still ways around all the software that you can put on your kid's computer. (laughs) So what do you do? It seems crazy. And as we said, an uphill battle. So we've decided to keep some healthy boundaries so that it makes it less accessible to use computers or to use their iPads to view stuff they shouldn't. We keep the computers in a public area where they can always be seen so that If our kids are viewing them, we can always walk by and see them. There's no hiding of screens. There's no screens facing the wall. If they're looking at their screens, it would be in the kitchen where we can walk by and clearly see what they're on. It might be in the office if we're hanging out in the office and they are next to us hanging out or in the living room. So we want to make it a very public space. iPads are not allowed in the bedrooms. They're not really allowed upstairs because all the bedrooms are upstairs in our house. So we try to keep them to the places where everybody is going to be. So that, that may be the kitchen, the living room, places where people are walking around. And as I said, they're not facing the wall. They're facing out towards somebody who's walking by. So they know that whatever they are looking at, whatever they're seeing, everybody else has access to and everybody else can see. Another thing that we have found is to install software that tracks the websites that our kids are viewing. We have installed software to block websites, but as I said, that can only go so far. There's always a way around it and there's always new software that's coming out or new ways around stuff. So it's a constant uphill battle in that sense. What we've done is installed software that tracks what websites our kids are going to. And we've let them know we can see all the stuff that you're seeing on your computer. We can see all the websites that you're going to, and we are checking them regularly and we will know what kind of stuff you're looking into. So make sure that 
you are okay with that and that you're looking at something that's okay to be viewed by everybody else. We've also limited the usage of their iPads and currently they don't have any phones, which is great. But if they did have phones, we would definitely limit those as well. All the electronics go into a box, kind of a charging station box in our office. And so there's a couple outlets there and we've just plugged in some more three-prong outlets. So all their iPads get plugged in there. If they had a phone, their phones would get plugged in there. The office is downstairs away from their room in a separate box and their electronic devices go to sleep. So currently, we don't let our kids use their iPads except for rare occasions. Like if we're traveling, they get them on the airplane. Maybe if we're traveling in the car, they can have them. Those times where we can see what they're doing because they're sitting next to us, but they're used very sparingly. So in that sense, the iPads usually just live in the box and they're connected and that's where they sit until they're needed. The goal in that is just to have the iPads or the phones or whatever device your kids are using to look up stuff online, to have that away from their room, to have that not as a temptation that's close at hand where they can just pick it up and scroll mindlessly through things. And then that's when they get in trouble. That's when they find things that they shouldn't. So to prevent that, to make that boundary, we've made it harder to get to your electronics and harder to access it via time and also via location of closing down that option to access. The other thing that we have done is to be mindful about when we hand over our phone to our kids. I've actually very, very rarely hand my phone to my children because I've heard it said that when you hand over your phone, it's like handing your child porn. They can look up anything on your phone and they may just be mindlessly scrolling and scroll over something that they shouldn't see. That just is not for their eyes. And so handing them your phone can be so detrimental. Also, I think it just is a habit. It's a habit of, I see people all the time in stores or other places, restaurants, they just hand their kid their phone and their phone becomes a play device. The kid may just be watching cartoons on it or YouTube videos or something, but every once in a while, there's something else that they're going to get their hands on. They're going to watch a YouTube video and then it's going to switch to the next one. Then it's going to bring you over somewhere else and switch the next one. And soon before you know it, you can get on all kinds of stuff. So just be mindful not to hand over your phone to your children and to keep that in check. That's a really good Just mindfulness, I think that we as parents need to have because it's so easy to get into that habit of handing them the phone. Our second part that we're going to talk about, so we talked a little bit about electronics. The next are just books. Now, reading the Bible and talking about how God views porn, as well as other books, can really help your kids discern good and bad about pictures and about their body and so forth. So find a time when you would normally sit down, when you would normally hang out to read 
and make it comfortable. Don't make it awkward. Don't make it weird. Find a time that you would usually read something to them. We tend to read right before bedtime. So maybe before bed as you all sit down to read something together. Stephen usually reads books to them in the evening. That's the time when we pulled out a couple of these books that I'm going to mention and we just went over them and it wasn't awkward. It wasn't weird. We read through them and then after we read through them, we asked some questions and we just hung out a little talking about it. We didn't make it awkward and made it really low key. I think that is (laughs) the key, (laughs) low key. You don't want to make it something where they feel ashamed or bashful about asking questions. You want to make it a comfortable situation, like you're just talking about anything else that's in their day. And bringing up the Bible, it's really important to see how God views porn, how we are told time and time again to run from sin and temptation, to flee, not to fight it because our willpower will be gone. We just as humans can't fight it as well as God can. So run and flee. We're instructed in the Bible on how to be careful about what we put before our eyes, to be mindful about what are we putting before our eyes? And maybe it isn't even pictures that we shouldn't see, but it leads to something else. So just to be mindful of what you're placing before your eyes, especially with your phone, with scrolling, with looking at stuff all the time, be mindful of that. And third, God has made our bodies for good. He originally made Adam and Eve in the garden. He made them like him. And we have just God's purpose with us. He has created us in his image and we are his children. But that that was twisted. Our world has twisted what God has made for good into things that are sinful. And so just be aware of it. You want to teach your kiddos that originally this was all good. God created it for good. And it is meant to be good, but that our world has twisted it. Two of the really great books that I would highly, highly recommend. You can get them on Amazon or I'm sure anywhere else. But one of them is called Good Pictures, Bad Pictures. And one of them is called God Made All of Me. So these are the two books that we sit down and go over with our kids. They're really straightforward. They make it easy to have these conversations. And then after we talk about them, we may revisit it. Maybe in three or four months, as I said, when your kids are about ready to go back to school in the fall, maybe you revisit it and you remind them and do a little refresher of what you talked about before. In Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, this is just an amazing book that explains porn in very simple terms. It helps clearly explain what porn is, why we need to stay away from it, and what we can do if we do see porn or if our kids are exposed to it. What do they do? How do they react? So it's just a great book of stepping through that in really easy, clear terms of what is a good picture? What is a bad picture? And what do you feel when you see that? And why is it a good picture? Why is it a bad picture? What do you need to do after that's happened? 
that makes it super easy to discuss, to talk about. It takes out all the awkwardness. The other book we really like is called God Made All of Me. Now, this book is along the same lines, but it does focus more on kids protecting their bodies and knowing when they should protect their bodies more than other times. It explains that our body is not shameful and that it was made especially by God, but that some parts of our body are just supposed to be kept more private than others. So as we say, private spaces on our body are meant for private places. And then in the book, it goes into God made all of you, you are made perfectly, you don't need to feel ashamed, but that when sin came into the world, it created shame and fear and guilt. And also the fact of we need to be careful as individuals to not be showing our private places in public spaces. This is another really good book. Check in with your kids and know that They need to be aware of the world around them. Hey mama, this episode is sponsored by my favorite product line. Whether you want to gain more energy, better sleep, be in control of your health, or lose five or even a hundred pounds, this inexpensive wellness program has proven results time and time again. My friend just lost about 70 pounds and another one of my friends lost about 80 You have access to a personal coach who walks with you, a connected community, easy, no hassle meal prep, and lots more help along the way. What more info? Shoot me a DM, Facebook message, email, or check out my website, The Busy Vibrant Mom. What are you waiting for? It's so much fun. It's time to invest in you. We talked about electronics and how to have boundaries around that books, good books to talk about. In speaking about books, also having open conversations, number three. These books that we talked about will definitely lead you into open conversations. These conversations don't have to be awkward or weird. They should just flow easily during reading the books together. Pick a time that's normal, a time that you would normally read stuff. Don't get all freaked out about it or make it into a huge deal. Just relax and uh, realize that you want to build an environment for questions and for answers. Ask your kids, what did you think about the book? What is an example of a good picture? What's an example of a bad picture? Have you seen any bad pictures? What do you think you would do if you saw one? Just normal questions that would come up as you're reading the books and go with that. Don't try to get into a whole lot of detail. You want to keep it nice and simple. What is this? And what do we do when we're faced with that? When we see a picture we shouldn't, when we see something that makes us uncomfortable, what should we do? And definitely don't freak out if the answer is yes, (laughs) that they have seen something. Let them know that this is a very open, non-judgmental environment where they can have a place to talk and to walk through these difficult challenges. You want to establish that you're the authority in this area. 
so that your kids can come to you when they have questions, that they're not going to be going to society. They're not going to be going to their friends or their peers or somebody at school and asking, what about this? What did you see here? I saw this and it was weird. They're going to come to you and they're going to ask you these questions because that's where you want them to find the source of truth and the source of wisdom instead of asking the internet or their friends what's happening. So definitely communicate, ask good questions, and don't be freaked out or awkward. Just talk about it as a normal thing, as if you're talking about the weather in your day. Number four. Now this one is a little tricky. Community. We can protect our kids from all the porn, or at least some of it, but it can be awkward about environments that we're putting our kids into. So just take a minute to think about the environment and the communities that you have around you and maybe some events or some things that you're thinking about might be a little awkward, might be a little weird if you put your kid in that situation. Sometimes I just react. I love hanging out with people. I love being an extrovert and doing all the things. So sometimes I don't think through situations, especially carefully. And then in hindsight, I say, well, that might not have been the best choice. Or I had a feeling that probably wasn't a good idea to be doing. Take a minute before you step into that environment, before you step into a community where you might have to make some hard decisions. One example of this is that we have a policy of no sleepovers. Now, there are some friends and family that we would be fine with our kids doing a sleepover at their house. We trust them. We know them. We know their policies on electronics or porn or all those kind of things. And we fully trust them. But there are other friends that it would be awkward and we would have to really say, no, we can't. So to make it a little bit easier and to cut out that social drama, it's easier just to have a blank policy of saying no, no sleepovers. Because there's oftentimes you don't know what your kids will be exposed to. Will they be watching a weird movie? Will they watch a movie and then decide they want to watch some YouTube videos and maybe some has some questionable, explicit things? Will they be playing a video game? Maybe there's a video game that's fine that you're good with, but there's some other ones that are a little bit more raunchy and a little bit questionable. The same with play dates. We do let our kids do play dates with other families, but we have to think twice about who is going to be supervising them. What are they going to be playing? What kind of things are they going to be doing? Are they playing outside? Are they watching a movie? Are they playing video games? What movie? What video games? So it's just a question of being more aware. If there's a policy that you know in your house works well for your family, like no sleepovers or no hanging out after a certain time or all those kind of boundaries that are wise to set up, set those up beforehand so that you don't have that awkward conversation when your child runs up to you and asks in front of the other parent, as it always happens, can I go sleep over at this person's house? Can I go stay here? 
it's really easy to have that established beforehand and to say, oh, they can come over to our house or you can go over to their house for X amount of time, but we just don't do sleepovers. And then afterwards to just ask your kids, was there anything weird? Did you feel awkward at any point? What did you do? Did you enjoy the movie? What kind of movie did you watch? All those questions are really important, but in the first barrier or defense mechanism is to set up those established foundations of what your family is going to do in those situations and how they're going to react so that when they come, you won't have to think twice about it and it will be more fluid and just easier. The fifth one, this is my favorite, just prayer. Because we can do all we can as parents to prevent our kids from seeing porn But our society is so infused with sex, it's just impossible. So (laughs) your kids can generally get to stuff and be exposed to stuff wherever. It may be that a kid at school whips out their phone. Maybe they're on a bus and your kids don't have any cell phones, but their friends do. And their friends are taking selfies of your kids and posting them online. Your friends may be looking at YouTube videos and showing your kids different things and lead on to something else that they shouldn't be watching. You can do as much as you can, but in the end, we can only do so much as parents. As always, our greatest and strongest tool is prayer. To pray for a hedge of protection around our children. Protecting what they watch, what they see, what they're exposed to, what they do with their friends, how they interact, all the things. And just to pray that your kids' actions will be seen. They will be brought out into the light. If they've been exposed to porn, if they've figured out something weird, if they feel a little uncomfortable when they went to their friend's house, that those things would be brought out into the light, that you would be able to deal with them with your kids. So that is what we pray for. Praying the armor of God be placed over our children. I know before my kiddos go to sleep often or when they're resting in their bed, I'm rubbing their back and just talking to them at night, giving them kisses, listening to them talk about their day. And I am praying in my heart and in my head of praying the armor of God over them, praying that they would be image bearers for God, warriors for God, but that God would protect them, that the helmet of salvation would be on their head, that they would know their salvation, that the sword of the spirit would be in their hand, that they would be able to fight with the word of God, that they would have the breastplate of righteousness, that they would be righteous and all the pieces of the armor, just praying that over our kids, because in the end, we are at war, friends, and we are not in a war of flesh and blood, but of evil powers. Yes, this can be scary. I often find it scary and fearful, but we know that we serve an all-powerful, mighty God, a God that is in control and a God that loves us. 
He has already won the battle. So we can have hope and we can be set forth in our foundation of just knowing that God has already won, that we don't need to fear. We don't need to be worried or anxious that God has won this battle over our children, that God has won over this earth and the sin and all the filth that Satan has brought here. Oh, my prayer for you today is just that you will take this episode to heart and that you will take this super hard step. Don't let it be awkward. Don't let it be weird. My prayer is that you will have the courage to step out because you need to take a deep breath and dive in. Your kids are definitely drowning in this avalanche of filth. They need our help to navigate a way out and they just need our prayers over them. So let me pray for you, friends. Dear Lord, thank you so much for these sweet women. I just pray over them who may be listening that you would guide them, take care of their families. This is a difficult season that we live in and a difficult world, but we know that you are a mighty God. You protect our children. You protect what they see. You protect us, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for already winning the battle and that we are already on your side. All right. Now go and have an amazing, vibrant day. As always, if this episode has helped you, please go and leave a review so that more moms can be helped out there. More moms can find their way to this episode and others that will give them helpful tips and tricks. All right. Thank you. If you like my mom's show, please leave a review, post a screenshot in your Instagram stories, and tag her. Pretty please. Hey, if today's episode was meaningful to you, please share this with others. Take a screenshot, tag me, and post it in your stories. Together we can change our day, spread joy, inspire others and be a better version of ourselves. Until next time, keep laughing and smiling. Come join me on my Facebook group, The Busy Vibrant Mom. Thanks.